I spotted a shoplifter for the first time in a very long time. <laughs> I was daydreaming. I was stood next to the toilets in the service station waiting for my fella to come out. And I was daydreaming. But clearly it looked like I was to, to this guy that I was staring at him. And he shouted, what? What? And I was like, oh and I God. sort of looked, I pointed at myself. I was like, look round, me? What, me? <laughs> and I was like, Nothing. Nothing, mate. Nothing. So there, there he'd sort of highlighted. So he obviously was like, highlighted it, but but paranoia had like set in, thinking I spotted them and I hadn't. And then I obviously looked, and this girl took about five um, hangers full of clothes and just shoved them inside her coat. Uh, this was at like Cotton Traders or something in the service station. Oh my god! I thought oh, I'll just nip in this shop and tell them. And I went in and I, I suddenly turned into some sort of cop detective and went, <laughs> I went to the guy behind the thing. Hey, you guys, you've got a shoplifter right now. Cotton traders, go. <laughs> oh, my God. Cotton traders, go. <laughs> go. go. <laughs> Oi. Oi, listen to me, right? You've got cotton trading shoplifting. It's all in, in the memorization, and you commit it to memory so much that as soon as you drop in, you kind of black out. Long story short, uh, rental can emit 76% less CO2. 76%? Yeah. I was desperately <laughs> trying to think of what animals could have looked like a llama. I know. <laughs> Shred, shred, shred yourself careering down the slope. Merrily, scarily, hairily, precariously, feeling all the stoke. The sound of singing riders reverberates around the mountain as they make their final run, racing the sun to the bottom of the slopes. For us, though, we're hunkered down, beers popped, feet placed carelessly to the nearest comfortable thing closest to the fire. Socks are steaming, ready for another week of the apres. And we're delighted that you're here with us. Hey, Tim. Hey, Jenny. How you doing? Yeah, Hello, that was good. nice. Yeah, singing lots of um, you know, like nursery rhyme t- stuff to to May, the kid. So I thought <laughs> yeah. I would incorporate it within today's intro. <laughs> oh, guys, it's snowing! It's snowing! <gasps> I know, and it's oh, no. snowing it's... consistently, and it's snowing to the hungry. point of calling things off, isn't it? Or at least moving things around, like it's causing problems. There's so much snow. But it's oh. great. It's good. But what it basically means is that climate change is a hoax. So we've got yes. nothing to worry about, everyone. Stop it. Stop oh, it, I'm Ollie. Obviously, I'm obviously joking. It's still I a big, know. big problem. But you know, you know, right? I say that joking, but you know there'll be people that will be like, uh, well, clearly there's loads of snow, so it's all bollocks. What are you worried about? I'm going to keep doing this, yeah. that and the other. They don't, they don't <laughs> care. Yeah. They're idiots. Hey, I will say this though: with new yeah. snow brings yeah. new dangers. Do be safe if you're out and about and you're heading into the backcountry. Ski mm. within your limits. Colorado looks like it's getting um, getting some fresh snow. Hey, incidentally, if you are in Colorado, if you are anywhere in the world, perhaps you're doing a season and you're listening to us, we still want those little voice notes. Get them into us uh, into our DMs at the Apre Pod on Instagram. Yes, I love a little DM. They're good. 
Yeah, they are. Do you get people sliding into your DMs though, Jenny? Because that's that's not good. If you're sliding Wait. into DMs, <laughs> you don't want, <laughs> you don't want that. Although actually, we do want that because that kind of works, doesn't it? Sliding, yeah, slide into our DMs. Yeah, sliding Fire the slopes. Not yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not in the lubed up way. You oh, slide whoa! in there. Like, let's change this. So I've had something <laughs> which I've not had for years and years and years, or not seen for years and years this week, and that is the birth Ooh. of the Stoke. Because oh. my cousin Nick has done a learn to snowboard in a day at Tamworth Snowdome. He's going <gasps> away with his company, and he didn't want to go away being a complete beginner. Oh my so God. he decided to go to Tamworth Snowdome and have a learn to snowboard in a day. And, yeah! um, so I gave him all my kit. Yeah, he turned up looking like an absolute professional with all the gear, quite literally no idea. Um, but he phoned me on his way home and he was absolutely buzzing. And it oh, was so awesome. nice to hear. Oh, and, can you remember? and it got me thinking, remember the stoke of when you first learned to snowboard and how amazing it was? It was oh, amazing. my God, I so remember it and how frustrating. But how... Yes. How, yeah, you were so frustrated by it, but, you, but because you loved it so much, you were like, oh, God, I want to be able to do this. Ah, did he? What was he? What was he telling you on the call? Was he like explaining his falling Just leaf? Like the classic, like yeah, like <laughs> literally, like the classic. Like we could come down on my toes, dead yeah. good, and then going on my heel edge was like <laughs> sounds like a coal miner <laughs> from the black country. But he was um, no, he's got it. He's he absolutely loves it. He's pumped. He's so excited. So he's, yeah, he's already booked to go back to the snowdome to do a couple more sessions before awesome. he goes to Obertauen in Austria. Um, How old is yeah, he? He's, he's forty-seven. See, Love this it. is it. It's never too late, is it? It's never too no. late. Like I, you, no you know, if you if you've never jumped on a snow, just do it. Just do it, man. You will never look back. Hey, uh, should oh, we get on with the news? The news. Go for it, let's, let's go for it. So veteran Norwegian powerhouse Henrik Kristoffsson took the slalom honours on a snowy Sunday in Vengen. Tough conditions, but he was able to take his 23rd World Cup victory. Fellow countryman and red-hot season favourite Lucas Braven came third with Switzerland's Loic Meliard coming second to split the Norwegians. Britain's Dave Riding came just outside the top 20 in 21st place. On one of the toughest Super G courses on the World Cup circuit, it was Switzerland's Lara Gutberami who came out on top. So tough is the Karl Schrantz course in St. Anton that 17 of the 45 that started didn't even finish. Whoa! Yeah, Gutberami's victory was her 18th career Super G victory, moving into second place Place on the women's all-time list trailing who who's got the most world cup wins go on jenny blondie um yes blondie lindsey von how many <laughs> yes how many victories does she have good game's a fast game how many victories does she have oh 26 32 no it's 28 Ooh. um it was the 93rd event on the lauberhorn in wengen for the men's downhill and alexander kilder put together a graceful combination of finesse and power to soar past the field for a commanding victory the win gives kilder the wengen double because he also won the super g on friday and it's also the 10th downhill and 19th overall world cup win for the reigning downhill champion in para snowboarding it was a GB double gold for James Barnes Miller. Yep, winning both his races over in Puha, Finland. 
Yes, Puha. And the 22-23 Big Air World Cup season ended in truly remarkable and historic fashion on Saturday night in Kreisberg. Anagasa and Teiga Hasegawa from Japan took the respective women's and men's victories. And then Reira Irabuchi and Valentino Gaselli walked away this season's Big Air Crystal Globe winners. But history was well and truly made on the women's. Friend of the podcast, Mia Brooks, took fifth with an absolutely historic, beautiful switch. What, Jenny? Switch 1260, but it was flat. Oh, my goodness. Flat spin, Um, people. Jenny, Jenny, talk us through it. It was amazing, wasn't it? It just looks so steezy and like, like you've probably seen, you don't see so many flat spins anymore. Um, they are there, but you just don't see them as often. They're always a little bit corked. Um, and hers wasn't like that at all. The style in it. And the fact that she told us that was the trick that she'd wanted to do, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And the, the week before, it was like, there it is. It's a little bit disputed because everyone's been saying that it's the first ever Cab 1260 landed in competition. Now, it's not, but is it oh. the first flat cab 1260 maybe it's mm. i think that the uniqueness of it being a flat spin is what we're looking at so there. how much more difficult is that Thank is that you. like is it much harder for her to be able to do it as a flat spin i think you have to be so more accurate because of the landing because you're coming at such a speed and mm. you're coming in flat so you're spinning in like this versus coming in out of something caught where you're coming down onto your board this is coming in like I'm, I'm explaining it with my hands and it's probably not very helpful for the podcast <laughs> well yes Jenny's, Jenny's absolutely right if you imagine if you imagine spinning round a roundabout three and a half times and then just locking on the brakes the inertia mm. the spin just wants it to keep rotating and that's what happens when you do a flat spin is you land and your body just wants to keep keep on rotating which is what makes them so difficult you can also cheat a few degrees if you're going upside down in in a spin so yeah flat full cab 1260 got got enough time for that guys should we give away the snow shepherd gloves uh jenny well, hang on, hang on. Let's just oh, set sorry, this up sorry. because we yeah. might have first-time listeners. No. We have been gifted some very special, very well-constructed, full-leather alpine gloves. They're called Snow Shepherds. They're beautiful. And we've been given three pairs to give away. Now, over the course of the next couple of podcasts, we're dropping in a special code word. This can appear at any time throughout the podcast. But the mere episode from last week, we've had loads of entries. So Jenny has the names written on some A4, all dropped into the cracked 1998 helmet from Herman Meyer's Nagano Olympic downhill crash. Here we go. Jenny, (laughs) who is it? The winner is... George Robert. Well done, George. His Instagram is Ranger George H. There you go. Ranger. Ranger. Yeah. Ranger George. So I had a bit of chat with the guy from Snow Shepherd. Oh, yeah. um, With Brandon. Yeah. Um, Just so you know, this this kind of made me laugh. Tell me, tell me you're thinking behind this. And he said to me, uh, how the gloves I said oh they're great I said actually they're really nice and he said yeah he said I had a friend of mine who had some mittens they lasted him six seasons I messaged him I said I'm going to be honest with you Brandon gloves shouldn't really last that long mate you're going to like do yourself out of business <laughs> 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 yeah, and he was he was pretty stoked with it 
So, because they are really hard wearing good gloves. I mean, this is, I'm giving it the big sell now. Hashtag definitely an advert. But um, yeah, thanks for the gloves anyway. So there we go. Good old Space Ranger Joe taking home some brand new Snow Shepherd gloves. And incidentally, you can still win, you the listener, because we're going to be giving away another pair. All you've got to do is listen out for the very special code word that I'm going to drop into this podcast at some point between now and the finish. Get that code word into our DMs over on Instagram. Slide in. The Apray Pod. Slide, Slide it in. into our DMs. Um, <laughs> and you can win the next set of Snow Shepherd gloves. <laughs> You know marmots? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, two things. Did you know that they are actually the biggest of the squirrel family? Right, yeah. Did you know that? And marmots in China have been linked by some as being the or- original species, the origin of the Black Death. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so essentially, it's because of marmots that we have the Black Death. I'm going to open this alcohol-free beer. Thank fuck for that. Who is it? (laughs) It's Anna. Anna who? Anna Smoothie. Hey! Hey, Anna. How are you doing? Come in. Make yourself at home. Grab a drink. What's your your tipple? What's your drink? Um, I'll open up our our fancy bar here. Do you like it? It's actually Mm. a moose head. That we've had turned into a fancy bar. <laughs> uh, what, what would you like? Oh, wow. What would you like? I might just Have grab a, a cool, crisp beer for Apres Ski after all this snow was had. You can yeah, have any imaginary drink in the world, right? And you've gone for a beer. Okay, that's good. No problem. <laughs> I, I, I've, got, I've got one right here for you. Cheers. <laughs> I think I'd go for a cold beer, though, for Apres. First drink of Apres. I think yeah, I'd go for a cold it, beer. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the log cabin. How have you been? How's your yeah, season good. been so far? Well, um, it started pretty strong. In December, we had some awesome cold, dry snow. Um, not very much base, but the kind of snow where you could like imagine what it looks like in summer and then find the good lines. <laughs> and then we had rain to maybe 2,400 metres, which was disastrous. Oh, so just yeah. as everyone's coming out for Christmas and New Year, it was just absolutely minging. Just to clarify where you are, Anna. I am in Viabie, Switzerland. So everyone came out for Christmas and New Year and it was not very good conditions. But as soon as I left this week, it started snowing again. <laughs> so great for us. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Good for the lift lines and good for the uh, powder to remain slightly. But Verbier gets tracked out pretty quick now. Have you been in Verbier long? Do you, do you, you must know your way around the mountains there. Yeah, I love skiing. Yeah, I've been skiing here for probably eight years now and... Never get bored, but it is super competitive on powder days. And I always yeah. just go out with a pair of skins in the bag so that you can kind of quickly access like lines a bit further afield. And also there's so much, there's such a powder frenzy here that I don't know, it makes me a bit nervous powder days because there's really consequential terrain. Tomorrow's Abbey 4 and I know that people will still be, I don't know, Charging. interesting yeah. deci- decisions. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, just try and it's... keep out of the hype. Because there's not only a lot of people there, there's a lot of really good people. And so even, you know, every bit of good, I would imagine every bit of good powder and terrain and lines are just 
going in front of your eyes. You're like, oh, okay, they're doing that, they're doing that, they're doing that. Right, we need to go further. Hence why you put, did you say you put your skins in so you can tour yeah. a bit further? Just, yeah, just do sneaky little tours and kind of get a bit further, a bit faster. You kind of alluded to it slightly, but, it, you know, the problem is when you have loads of good skiers that go and shred the mountain and the not so good skiers that on powder days the not so good skiers end up following the good skiers lines and is that does that happen a lot in verbier a lot of people end up getting kind of caught out and stuck for sure and i'm a pretty polite person but i have no qualms with being like spotting someone who clearly doesn't know what they're doing and being like yeah you should go back that way because yeah you see it so often like some tourists with no avi gear or and you know let alone knowledge of avalanche um, terrain, just follows people anywhere and then gets themselves into lots of trouble. So what happens when they... When, when you've said that to them and you sort of just suggested that, have they continued to follow you or have they kind of sort of held, put, hung their head a bit and then kind of turned around and gone back? Um, I'd say uh, uh, a bit of a mix. Uh, I think there's been a few <laughs> egos that have been like... Oh, whatever, I know what I'm doing, I'm fine. I remember living in, when I lived in Colorado and, and we're doing seasons in Vail, my first couple of seasons in Vail that you, you get the taste for powder and actually you, you start then going, right, where can I get more, where can I go where it's steeper and deeper and bigger? And I can remember hiking out the top of, um, out the back of Vail and going up to ride down the East Vale chutes, which takes you right out and back down to the motorway as you come into Vail. Quite notorious. I mean, I think there's definitely. Well, I know there's easier ways down now, but I didn't at the time know where I was going. And two guys at the stopped me, my brother, and our friend Johnny Roderick, and we're like, "You guys, you're not prepared for this." And we were like, uh, "Really?" And like, "Yeah, it's pretty gnarly down here." And we were like, "Okay." So we turned and just rode back down the opposite way because I just didn't want to die. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good but attitude. Yeah. <laughs> I want to. I want to take it back a little bit because we can tell that obviously you're not from Switzerland, unless I don't know. Do you speak German, Italian, and French? It's all three, isn't it? Do you speak all three? Absolutely not. Um, yeah. I speak a bit of French. My German's appalling. But yeah, working on it. But your, but your upbringing, though, right. it, like, it sounds like you had an amazing upbringing. So like, how did you, uh, you know, what, what was your life like in New Zealand and how did you get into skiing? Yeah, so I grew up in Wanaka, which I guess have most of you been down there. Jenny, you've definitely been down a lot. Yeah, I haven't. Um, yeah. 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 It's a pretty sick spot. It's a little... It was a really small town when I grew up there, but now it's kind of exploded with tourism. Um, and it's got two epic ski resorts. There's Kadrona, which is more like family skiing, and then an awesome park for the freestylers, and then Treble Cone, which is like really fun, playful freeride terrain. Um, and my pa- parents were mountaineers and skiers, and they just kind of dragged us all over the mountains from amazing babies did you ever were you into the freestyle side of things to start with we'll, we'll get round to obviously that you know your free riding side of things but did you start as a freestyler or an alpine racer How, or just yes. were you just tra- you know following your mom and dad straight into the back country <laughs> i was an alpine racer but i think i only did one year of fizz before thinking this is all a bit serious um and i bailed <laughs> out and mum and dad put me into a freestyle program and I was so awful, honestly. Like, <laughs> I was terrible. <laughs> so I think I did that for one year. And then I was just pretty chill. And, like, I was just skiing for fun, like, riffing around the mountain with my friends. And it wasn't until I did my first season when I was 24 that I started to get into free ride and competing in that. Kind of 
riding on my brother's coattails into that one. So yeah. Was that, where was that for, um, first season, did you say? Was that in Verbier straight away? It was in Chamonix, actually. And that yeah. was a real, um, speaking of like having no idea about avalanche terrain, arriving in Chamonix and uh, <laughs> yeah, being like a transceiver. Okay, I guess I should learn how to use this. But yeah, a few steep learning curves there. Yeah. yeah. And did you know instantly when you started riding in Chamonix, were you like, when you started doing more and more off-piece, were you like, yes, this, this is for me. I love it. Yeah, for sure. I only meant to do one season. Um, and then I was like, oh, the snow wasn't so good last season. I'll do another one. Um, and then I think it was in my second or third season that I did my first free ride contest. So, Really? Yeah. That's so a quick only in your second season yeah. well i can't actually yeah it must have been second or third i'm not sure but yeah good good on you yeah so my brother was competing on the freeride world tour um and they organized a qualifier event here in the rva which i didn't have the points to get into but he managed to sneak me in the back door um, and coached me through my line and i actually won that one so that was like a really exciting oh, start to um competing in Finland. Yeah. yeah was everyone like who who's this Hang oh it's just it's just a cheeky me two star so it wasn't like okay. the, the big leagues but it was yeah it was a super positive experience super when, when you say for, you know because for listeners and things like that when you say he coached me you know your brother coached you through it it's not like you know for us where you get coached on jumps and how to do tricks it's can you just explain that talk that through sure. a minute how you actually go about that and and the levels of it as it gets harder and harder sure and so um when you're trying to pick a free ride line you can't ski through the venue before so you kind of have a picture and then you go and take more pictures yourself and then you kind of see which features look fun to jump and like what would be a cool line what has that good flow and and yeah, just pick something that you know that you can ski confidently and you have good like landmarks and then it's a case of like I guess, visualizing it from the top. It would be like you visualizing like your spins and things like that. You kind of visualize dropping into this cool wire, turn right at that tree, air is there, right foot down, take that cliff on the left, like, et cetera, et cetera. Did that you, is mental. Like, my, my... Sorry, no, sorry. Yeah, so, it Jenny, is, isn't it? Sorry. Oh, because... That is fucking mental. No, I just want, I just want to try and like, paint a bit of a picture of how mental that is. You're basically, what you're doing is you're going, you're going to a place with just like fucking, you know, those cliffs and trees and rocks and marmots all in the fucking way. <laughs> and you've got a photograph, which you've got to basically uh, memorise. And then you're like, right, let's go. And you're doing it blind. And you're not just doing it blind down like a normal run. You're fucking jumping off cliffs. And doing tricks. What is wrong with you? Yeah. How do I mean that is like you? You have how? What kind of like mental preparation? How the hell do you get yourself in a in a mindset to take on something like that? To do that? Well, I think it's all in in the memorization, and you commit it to memory so much that as soon as you drop in, you kind of black out because you already your body knows what to do, and you've memorized it. So you're just executing. And it's not until, like, I don't know, a marmot pops out on the course that you actually have to change your plan or the landing's, like, not as you thought, then you kind of have to actually but come the, back to the moment. And, yeah, but the yeah. scale. You surely couldn't have got the scale right the first time and you go up to something which you think is, like, a little kind of drop-off. Cheeky little five-footer five and it's, like, 38 yeah. feet. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's, that's such a thing as you always look and you're like, that's easy. And then you get up to you like, oh, my gosh. 
And then are you just there? You've got to do it anyway. Do you just have to go yeah, for, for it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What's can... the difference between two star and four star in terms of the venue and the face that you ride? So um, in terms of the venues, there's, um, I guess, smaller features, less snowfall zones. So it's like a nice way to introduce people to free ride in a bit of a safer environment. Um, it still varies, of course, but yeah, in general, people can't do themselves too much damage. Whereas in four stars, like there's usually pretty consequential terrain. Some that yeah. would be kind of like vying for, um, like there. Some of them are really serious bases that could be world tour bases. Because you live in Verbier and everything like that, and obviously that that final stop in Verbier is is on that huge face i'm sure you've actually ridden like, like would did you have you ridden like is it the petty beck is that what is often the, 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 the yeah the petty beck yeah. is where the women ride though isn't it um but although they're they're like rooting every year to try and ride like from the top don't they but I, i'm sure have you ridden that because that's yeah i've ridden the petty and the beck yeah. and i think most of the girls on the tour have ridden the beck too some yeah. of them are all about riding the main face, and it has been done before in history. I remember Ariana Tricomi riding the dog's leg. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think it just like, varies with condition, whether they have the two venues or or just one. Yeah, so it's not like you, you're not capable... Oh, that must be so frustrating, because it's not like you're not capable of riding the, the level four star, like Tim's asking about, that, that higher level. It's just, can you do the right thing on the right day for the two stars to get there yeah for sure no it's um but I don't know I, I kind of believe in the winding path and I definitely wouldn't go back and um change change it all I think I'm so happy with like where I've come to with like my like skiing outside of competition and like work and stuff like that so and also I look at the level of the girls on the Freeride World Tour now and I'm like, damn, they are killing it. And I could yeah. not compete with that at all. Like I'm so excited and like proud to see how much they've upped the game. Like Ski Woman has been on fire for the last few seasons. It's been epic. Totally agree. I've totally noticed that as well. It's been amazing because um, Tim, you've, you've, you've had the chance to help out on the free ride world tour haven't you and same yeah, with me yeah. but that that's where you're at now isn't it with you've done some stuff on the free ride world tours presenting is it or commentating yeah so i'm co-hosting the commentary with derek seuss uh, yeah. which is really fun because i get to go and you know go to all the exciting places and hang out with the free ride fan and get amongst all the action without actually um scaring myself to death <laughs> well actually they scare me to death sometimes but yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I read, I'm sure I read somewhere that you scared yourself to death in the commentary booth. Didn't you akin, you'd, you said you'd prefer to be riding than in the commentary booth, or has that changed now? You, you're totally comfortable in there. Um, it definitely, it was, um, yeah, I hadn't really done anything like that before. And they gave me the chance to, um, you know, audition to be the commentator. And Ed Lee, who I guess you all know. Yeah, he yeah. Um, coached me through it. I did my recording from his closet, actually. Oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go anywhere near that. Um, yeah. But yeah, he actually called me throughout the season and gave me tips and like encouragement. He was such um, an amazing support. And I think from stop to stop, I just got way more comfortable. And yeah, now it's um, now it's more fun than stressful, which is good. 
So the Free Ride World Tour, it's had a bit of a delayed start, hasn't it? The first the first one's in Spain, I believe. Um yep. at the end of January. What can what can we expect from the Free Ride World Tour then this season? Well, we thought last season was the worst snow conditions that you know, yeah. that was the worst snow conditions that had to date, but we've been served another challenging one. So Canada was supposed to be first, but that's pushed back to mid-February after Andorra. So we go in Spain, Andorra, Canada, and then Fiberbourne, Vernier. Um, we've got a few new exciting faces as well as some um, competitors that are coming back to try and get that overall title. Um, there's been some changes in management. Well, I guess on snow management is all the same. It's still the FWT, but actually it's been merged with FIS this year. So yeah. We've been told there's no changes pending, but yeah. Also, if we were if we were to look out for, let's say, who would you say we should watch for uh, one female and one male? That's already she's getting betting tips. She's getting betting tips. Betting tips. She loves the gamble. She loves the gamble. I love it. And who's the most excited? Who are you most excited for that we haven't seen yet? So we've got some, I'm, I'm of course biased. We've got some exciting kids coming in from New Zealand this winter. Yeah. So Manu Bernard is a super creative skier from my hometown. And I'm really excited to see him ski alongside Finn Billis, who is the brother of Hank, who um, yeah. in his premier season just like blew everyone away with some yeah. crazy maneuvers yeah. in Japan. Um, so they will be um, a film duo to, to watch along with Jamesa Hampton. Um, and last year in Snowboard Woman, Tiffany Pierhatan, she, um, in her rookie season, won. And she's, I've seen her riding already this season. She's looking super strong. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, in Snowboard Woman, we don't have Marion Erti um, joining us, nor I, don't, I think Manu Mandel's going to come back for Fiebelbrunn. So they're more experienced riders. So it's kind of like a bit of fresh blood in that category. Um, and ski woman Jess Hodder has been absolutely slaying it, and I think she's got a bit of unfinished business with the Beck de Ross. So I'm excited to see her put down a run that she's proud of up there. And we've got a few wild cards in ski woman from North America, and one that I've heard a lot about is Molly Armanino. Um, she is apparently a super strong skier and a really a real tough cookie. I think she like lost half a toe from frostbite last year, but she's oh. still out there sending it. So oh <laughs> god. Come on, Molly. And then, <laughs> yeah. And can you can you riddle us this? Will there be any changes to the broadcast with FIS coming in? Um, or no, will it still n- not be as... on freeridewildtour.com? Because no, us, us unemployed folk absolutely love spending our days on the sofa just watching it on freeridewildtour.com on, in the day. It's so good. Yeah, no, I love that. But a daytime TV with Freeride yeah. World Tour. Um, that is all set to um, be free to air on the same channel, so no stress there. Um, cool. Yeah. Amazing. Really yeah. looking forward to it. You mentioned work earlier, actually. I'm quite intrigued. What What do you do for work? Where do you work? Do you work for Faction? Um, so I worked for Faction for three years, and then, um, I went back to New Zealand, did an MBA, and I focused as much as I could of that MBA on like, sustainability, circular business, and then um, while I was doing the commentary last year uh, on the world tour, on the side, I was doing a project investigating the sustainability of uh, ski clothing rental in comparison to linear sales. 
Well, I don't want to give it the big I am or anything, but I'm about to. Um, but that's really funny because I've started working with um, a ski rental, a ski rental brand here in the UK that does the same thing, which is ski rent, you know, rental clothing, basically. Yeah. So, so how much better for the environment is it then? How, how much, you know, give us the numbers. Sure. So um, in the environmental side of my report, I did an extension of a life cycle analysis called a business model life cycle analysis. And that brings in the economic factors of consumption from delivery to laundry to things like that. And you can imagine that rental has a lot more laundry and right. delivery yeah. um, carbon intensity than, than linear sales. So I was able to build in all of those things into the, into the model. Long story short, uh, rental can emit 76% less CO2. 76%? Wow. I thought you were going to be like, yeah, like wow. 40%. 76%. Yeah. That is yeah. a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the intensity in the in the sales is in the production of the jacket. And then the intensity in, in the rental model is within delivery predominantly. So, yeah. That's and also, that I guess really you've not even to... mentioned the, the cost. You know, we are in a cost of living crisis. Probably only here in the UK, actually. You're probably doing fine in Switzerland. But, you know, because you, also you, you're saving a lot of money, aren't you, if you're not buying new clothing every season? For sure. And it makes so much sense for people who don't ride often. So people who maybe are super passionate skiers and snowboarders, but they're stuck behind a desk in the UK for most of the year. And, you know, if there's some research that we did um, indicated that people are replacing their outfits, even if they don't ski often every two um, or three years and so that's just a lot of jackets going to landfill um, and it's pretty wasteful i mean we don't want to get too doom and gloom but we're going to because we all love it on this podcast but <laughs> the seasons are changing and sustainability has has an impact and we're all seeing it and certainly somebody that's lived in the mountains her whole life you'll have seen it more than any anyone and so how much how important as well is it to you for, to be more sustainable and better for the environment with everything that you do and everything that we all do across the winter seasons. It's um, it's really important to me, but I'm I'm also really focused on um, systemic change over over making individuals like you know individual yeah. recycling or things like that. It's all yeah. great and it's all great if we can do our own bit, but really we need to focus on changing economic models, changing policy around. Um, production and consumption it just feels like just an impossible thing to do anything about doesn't it like it, that that's the trouble as an individual you're just you just sort of feel you know you're like your hands are tied and you can't you can't do nothing about it it's like oh fuck it and then you end up just going oh well i, I might as well fly i might as well buy a ski jacket <laughs> because what the fuck difference is it going to make yeah no i think that's like i mean we all experience that kind of exhaustion of of the doom and gloom of the rain event to 2,400 metres in the middle of December. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think do what you can. You don't need to make yourself extremely uncomfortable. Um, but just, I think, using your voice and getting that wider systemic change is the most powerful thing. Toppling governments. We should all march yeah. down to <laughs> Westminster tomorrow. <laughs> Topple the government. Let's start smaller. Let's start smaller. We're just a podcast, okay. Tim. Let's just let we'll start small, then we'll topple governments. Wait, Ollie, Timo, have you signed the petition to bring back the uh, ski 
the ski train you know like the the snow train that takes you from yeah. the uk out to the mountains so we want that back because yep. that's the most sustainable travel where, where, that you where, can can, where, where, where can we sign it where can we sign it on Come the on. pow on the pow website on the uk i don't know if it's on on other ones but it's on the uk also Power website. it's it's you know yeah. it's already going you can book you can already book to go on it it still runs but oh. it, you've got to you have to change in Paris and go like all the way across town, don't you, with your kit? To oh, get that's to a different... so many dog yeah, turds are going to step in station. there, isn't it? So many dog turds. <laughs> <laughs> or roll your, <laughs> your board bag through. <laughs> you can fly out for like between like 80 and 100 quid often. Yeah. And taking the train, I think it costs like, I don't know, 400 euros or something like that to get from like... I don't know Midlands through to Vianney. Yeah. It's super expensive. So yeah, but the thing about complain that, Anna, about that is yeah. that <laughs> three hundred and ninety-eight pounds of that is from the Midlands to London, and then the rest of it is getting to the mountains. <laughs> That's true. So it's kind of <laughs> yeah. that is true. I don't I don't that want to highlight true. my problem with the trains right now, but fuck me, <laughs> we need to sort them out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Should we should we go riding? Should we go let's go riding. Should we do it? Should we go? Tim? Anna? Jenny? Should we go riding? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's go. do it. So normally at this point we take the chairlift. We'll get out into the open, in the fresh air, and we take the chairlift. But because you're so au fait with the backcountry and you know what you're doing, you can help us out. So Ollie, get your split board, Jenny, get your split board, get your skins oh. on, and let's start hiking. Oh. I'm going to pant a lot. I'm going to pant a lot. Wait, look, let See, me put my heel things <laughs> up. <laughs> so actually, you know, the thing is... <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Oh. You know what? It's not as... Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, I, think I've just, I think I've just ruptured... Do you know what, Ollie? It's not as, it's not as tiring spleen. as you think it is. Tim, no. Can you drag me up? Tim, drag me up. Tim, drag me up. <laughs> no, so normally, normally on the challenge we'd have a good conversation, but you can still have a good conversation when you hike it up. Anna, you must have some good stories from yeah. your time yeah. in the mountains. Give us a story. Come on, give us give us a good story. Well, I I do remember a pretty good little little hike mission up to some pillows in Lacluza. Um, I was there on a photo shoot for some flatland magazine so i think i'm skiing with a guy from belgium he knew how to ski wasn't so good on the floor or fauna and the photographer had a strop skied away ditched us um, and so we're just standing at the top of this line 40 centimeters of fresh bluebird day perfect conditions and he just dropped his line jumps and pillows and then he's standing down at the bottom of this section and he comes up at me and have you seen the llama? And I was like, what? llama? What? We're in France. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, but then there was like this little bush was rustling just kind of where I was going to finish my line anyway. So I was like, okay, I just dropped my line. It was like pillow drop, pillow drop. And then this baby chamois jumped out from behind this bush and I just <laughs> dropped my poles and like scooped it up onto my chest. And I was like, <laughs> I just got a boot. <laughs> 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 you skied down and just picked up a goat. Yeah. Pick up a goat. <laughs> that is the last thing I thought you were going to say. I was like, what? I was desperately trying to think of what animals could have looked like a llama. 
I know. <laughs> what made you pick it up? Well, because it was just there. And I was like, I think I could catch it. And then it was just there. kind of in the deep snow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but, but do you know, mean because you were going to hit it otherwise. So it was either like ride into it or ride and scoop it. Maybe that would be a bitter excuse. Oh, no, you just thought, I'm going to catch it. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, I I was kind of like looking at it and I could feel its heart beating on my chest. And then, you know how you imagine a goat to smell really bad? It smelled really fresh. And then I saw his little horns were just nubbins. And then I was like, oh, no, it's like a baby one. And what if it now smells like me and its mum rejects it? So then I was like, go. And then it just ran away. But I, I hope it was okay. Goats are quite sensitive creatures, aren't they? I mean, I've definitely seen those videos online where you can kind of say boo at a goat and it topples over. I think probably the reason its heart was going so fast is because it was having some kind of cardiac arrest because it was so terrified that you picked it up. (laughs) So if you think for one second that that goat even got to its mother to be rejected because it smelled like you, you're wrong. The goat died died on its way home and now it does smell because it's a rotting corpse. Well done, Anna. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Can I just ask though, that that photographer missed a trick there by going off in a strop because that would have been the best random ski photo I would have ever seen. It was just this. I know it would have been the cover shot. <laughs> yeah. Just holding it like that. <laughs> hey, check me out. Check me out. Love it. <laughs> we're we're just over halfway up to the peak now, Ollie. So that. So that story really did pass the time. Are you, ask, are you wondering if there's another story? Well acted, Ross Kemp. Anna, give us another. Give us another story. Give us another story. <laughs> All right, sure, sure. Uh, I will take you back to Morja. I don't remember which year, but I was there with Claire McGregor at a free ride contest, um, and we had scoped the face in a hot minute. Um, and ever, all of our other friends were continuing to like take binocular pictures and take a really long time to scope so we hit the apres ski bar and it was pretty empty when we got in um, and we just grabbed a beer and then it slowly started to fill up and got like really loud and full and then there was this table of tourists I don't know where they're from but they had funny accents and I don't know I'll try so they were like to Claire you know like my friend he's a sexy boy no it's his birthday you kiss him and Claire's like, oh, no, sorry, I don't really want Essex. to. Um, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Essex, yeah, it could have been. Sounds um, like Ollie. Was it Ollie? <laughs> yeah, you had a red beard. Um, anyway, what? but then the whole table started to yell at us and they started to chant and, like, bang the tables being like, kids, kids, kids. And then all of a sudden, like, the whole bar was, like, literally yelling and chanting and we realised we're the only woman in there that oh, God. Claire oh. had to kiss this guy. And so we started to run out of the bar and we literally got chased out of the bar with, like, drunk men yelling at us. And we just oh clipped into... I clipped my skis. She clipped into her snowboard. But you know when you've drunk a few beers and you've been sitting down and you don't know that you need to pee until you're standing up? <laughs> and so then we started <laughs> <Yeah>. to ski... <laughs> we started to ski away from this outdoor ski bar and it's like a a 10-minute kind of shoe ski. So I was like, not super steep, but just like a cat trap. And I was like, Claire, hold my poles. And I discovered that I could pee while skiing along. <laughs> <laughs> Did 
you not yeah, the bread everywhere up your legs? You perfected no, the ski and it pee. It's fine. You just have like a wide stance, works perfectly. That is Wait, so but how good. Did you, get your tra- you can't have a wide stance if your trousers are halfway down. So did you what? I think I, I think I had like maybe stretchy ski pants. I don't know, but people have been like, I don't believe it. Prove it, and I've done it again. So oh! prove it. I love that. Prove it. Yeah, prove it. Don't believe you. I have love a piss that. on the move. Go on. I bet it was Ed Lee that asked you to prove it. I could just imagine yeah. him. Yeah, he's he's all about the tricks, isn't he? Yes, yeah. I bet. Yeah, we, we, we especially won't... when it comes to wee wees. Yeah, especially when it comes to his. Yeah, I'm not even going to go. No. Anna knows it. Anna knows that. I trick. think we're all thinking of the same story. Yes. We're not telling it. That that would we end you, that would end you up in court. Yeah. If not, any not, of us three said that. Not, not our story <laughs> to tell. Whoa, we're at the top now though. That's that's good. I'm knackered. <laughs> I am I am knackered. We're at the top. It's high, or is it? If you're a spaceman, it's low. If you're a mole, it's probably quite high. The point is, it's where we is. And it's the place where the play button gets pressed to flow those tunes Ooh. into your bones. This is making tracks. What he means, Anna, is this is where you take us on a musical journey through the mountains. And we add those tracks that you pick to our what, Jenny? The ultimate mountain playlist called Making Tracks on Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) So track one then, down the mountain, what have you got for us? Right, so we're at the bottom of the mountain. We've got a steep face in front of us. You can't tour up too fast. So this is from my steep and slow playlist and it's got a low tempo. So the beats can keep you going when it's like super tough. Oh, okay. So this this is a good one one for hiking up then? Yeah, this is a good one for hiking up. And it's called We'll Be Fine by the Sirens of Lesbos. Yeah, I'm down for this track. Yeah. Keeps you in step, you know? I tried to get really technical by building this playlist with like beats with the tempo with the right thing tempo. that you could yeah <laughs> like the one you can you can get those can't you <laughs> for like people's running pace with all tr- tracks yeah <laughs> so you must have done a lot of touring you must have done a, a lot of going up on your feet and on your skis how yeah. much do you enjoy the ascent compared to the descent then I really like it. Like when the conditions are so terrible here, I mostly just ski tour because I've got like zero interest in ripping around on like terrible peace. Yeah. So I just feel like it's a super nice way to like get away from people and get into nature and I don't know, get some good exercise. And I really like about ski touring is there's some parts where you feel like you can't do it, like you're slowing down and then you like break through that level and, you just like you feel like you can go forever. Yeah. I I I love this. I love this so much. Like I could picture everything you were saying when listening to that. <laughs> it's, it's just it's so good. It's so good. So that's on the way up, taken care of. Very good track. Thank you. What are we listening to? Shredding down. So I really like "In My View" by Young Fathers. It's um, 
just super good vibes gets me hyped up to shred Young fathers were in another snowboard movie, weren't they? What one was that? Might have been one of the Travis Rice movies, I think, actually. Yeah, maybe. We're always stealing stuff from snowboarders, you know? Well, I think you're um, right, Tim. Just good music. Good music's good music, isn't it? Tim looks so concentrated right now. I'm, I'm like, I am waiting for him to say something. No, because I'm trying to thought. I, I'm sure I had some Young Father's music in my library, but I don't. But I'm trying. I think the track's called "Dead" or it's the album's "Dead" by Young Father's. But anyway, mm. yeah, like it. I like it a lot. So after riding, we don't all pre- we don't presume that everybody likes to hit the bar. But are we chilling out or are we indeed hitting the bar? What's the tune for either of those situations? We have a really good closing day party at Triple Cone. I don't know if anyone has ever been to that, but it's essentially a car no, park takeover. My friends normally organise DJs and kids, and it's just like a massive tailgate party. Done that in a Tesco run. in Slough. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Same vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skidding around in a in a Vauxhall Corsa. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, and everyone's usually dressed up however they want, looking ridiculous. And so this song is from my friend Tom Brownlee's Closing Day playlist. And it's uh, It Feels So Good by Sonic. And it should bring you back to the sun on your face, green conditions, you're lining up some tussock lines, um, and you're ready to drink heaps of beers and have fun with your friends. Oh, I like it. Weirdly, this, this reminds is taking me, me of back glass... to Slough in a Vauxhall Corsa. Yeah, yeah, no, I was about to say, this takes me back to when I worked at the Elms pub glass collecting as a 16-year-old. Yeah, this playlist is so good. It has everything from, like, Darude to, like, disco to, like, every trashy track from the noughties. It's, it's really fun. Love it. Right. Love it gets so wrong. That was amazing. Love the hike up, love the rundown. All the tracks were great, Anna. Thank you so much for chatting to us. I hope you have warmed up back in the chalet now because it's nearly time for us to go. Uh, your legs hurt, Ollie. Do they? (laughs) Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get some doms, as uh, Tim called it the other week. (laughs) A bit of doms. Yeah, bit it of is a bit of doms. Bit of doms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, doms. Yeah, but he had it about two hours after his workout. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> and and subsequently for the next three days. <laughs> yeah. Did it get worse or better? It got worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was just thinking, Anna, for, for all the listeners and stuff, when's the first Free Road World Tour event? Like, when should we be tuning in? So the last weekend of January, we'll all be in Bikera Beret. So yep. tune in to Free Ride World Tour channels. I always try and run it on the first Saturday. Um, but, you know, it's always weather permitting. So stay tuned on social media from Free Ride World Tour and you'll be in the loop of when we launch. Amazing. Amazing. 
it's almost like you commentate for the free ride world tour isn't it like you you had all of that absolutely <laughs> dialed it was amazing that was really nicely done no looking forward to it and thank you so much for having me on the podcast um you guys are hilarious and i love your work so yeah keep Aww. it up hope you have some a good season really, but, no but, really nice to chat to you you have an epic season i hope you get some uh bottomless turns well at yeah. least seven thousand of them over the season that's very sweet of you to say that i am gonna just i am gonna write that down because that is the first guest that's ever said anything quite so lovely as that before they've left so thank you so much <laughs> it's been a, it's been a real it's been a real pleasure getting to know you and learning more about you and uh yeah we'll be tuning in to the fwt does anyone actually call it that yeah you yeah, do now I, yeah, <laughs> I was supposed to call it fwt i forgot <laughs> Incidentally, when I did work on the Free Ride World Tour, it was about six years ago now, and I've got a free thermal top that's been amazing, but I can't find it. So if you can ask them to send me another one of those merino wool thermal tops, that'd be fantastic. Oh, Thanks. sure. No problem. I'll, I'll tee it up. <laughs> Cheers, Anna. Amazing. So Anna. Bye. 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 All right. Oh, isn't Anna nice? Oh, yeah. I thought Super she was lovely. brilliant. Really interesting. Just too polite for us three. Too polite. Just, just too I think, kind. Well, yeah, I think she was so softly spoken. and Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just too kind for me that I came in with so much energy. I just felt like I was slightly overpowering her as well. Um, you had to but... dial it down, didn't you? Both of you sort of were quite clean compared to other weeks. Yeah. No, I, oh, I actually oh, got... Oh, guys, got... do you know what else oh, as well? No, sorry, Ollie. Do you know what else? You're forgetting something. You know what we do every time on this podcast? Prize time! Simply slide into our direct messages with the word snowshoe. And make sure you're following the Apray Pod on Instagram. And don't worry, we will check. A winner will be picked at random by Jenny Jones. Good luck! Oh, so there's mean this that, week's it? little... Right at the Whoa. end. Right, right at the, the end. end. They had to you... listen to the whole podcast. But if you do indeed want to win a set of Snow Shepherd gloves, fully leather, beautiful and warm, keep your little mittens nice, warm and dry this winter, then you know what to do. Do exactly what I just said there. We had we had we had loads of entries for the for the first pair of gloves. They've got they've gone now. They've gone. We've got another pair to give away. You better get in. in. Gotta be in it to win it. I'm pretty sure I stole that slogan. Oh in it to win it. I can't <laughs> believe you just said that. Right, thanks for listening. Do make sure that you check us out on Instagram. You know the deal by now. At the Apray Pod, where you can see a lovely picture of Jenny from 1999. <laughs> Still there, isn't it? Anyway, yeah, it moving is. on. Yeah, tune in. Did you just say that? Tune into the. Um, have a check of the Instagram Apray Pod. For I my, did, yeah. Yeah, well, I've just, just repeated it. Yeah. Or if you want, drop us an email to get in touch with these stories, questions, and thoughts. Ollie. You know when you've got... Oh, whatever. Bye! (laughs) Bye!